And that was later on, you're saying? Well, I almost, um, not the first year, but within the first two years, I'm sure we had a store going. You had to get a license from the government or a, tra a trade store license. It had to be renewed every year. But each mission station had a, a trade, trade store. Mm -hmm. And that and meant? You could sell. Okay, so you'd get items like this yeah. that would come in on the plane, mm -hmm. and so at Omkali you'd have to carry them to Omkali. Yeah. Until we left to get that in when the airstrip was open. Okay, yeah. But I just I want to know about this trade store now, so I'm sure I understand. Oh, thank you very much, Amy. You're welcome. That's delicious as usual. Thank you for the muffins. Oh yeah, they were good. Like from Super Moms. We like Super Moms. So at the trade store, you'd have items from China that had and been flown in, okay, mm -hmm. and they would be items like yeah, basins, basins, lanterns, kerosene lanterns, um, knives, small knives, knives of like paring knives. Butcher knives, men with big knives, machetes, hatchets, loincloths, t-shirts, belts, leather belts. They really that really got to be popular. Even if they didn't have a a loincloth, they might have a, a leather belt. A leather belt. Mm -hmm. huh. Did I say matches, razor blades, mirrors, soap? We'd get uh, long bars of laundry soap, coming cartons, and we'd cut that into little pieces. Salt, beads, tiny beads, seed beads. Now, the beads were for stringing for decoration? Okay. We used they to say have. that they were about a, a pound a pound. The cost was about a pound a pound. And some of these women, especially the policemen's wives, had pounds of beads. They'd string... Sign of wealth. Mm -hmm. yeah. So a pound, you're saying the English pound, yeah. for yeah. a pound of beads. Mm -hmm. um, and this is how you paid your workers. How would the people pay at the trade store? How did that, that barter that go? Time, no, that was cash. What by was that, cash? Uh, we started... I must have started fairly soon paying our workers in cash. So that was one source of money. But we bought food with salt, and, uh, and it was while. quite a while before we started paying money for the food. Yeah. But, uh, How long do you think before you started a cash payment to the workers? Now, are you talking Omkali? We're talking Omkali yeah. here. Mm -hmm. And you went to Omkali in 1948. I think by... Within three years, we were paying cash. So yeah. the early fifties, we'll say, mm -hmm. is that would be accurate. Yeah. And the first years, a monthly wage was fifteen shillings. And how many shillings in a pound? I Twenty. Oh. I don't know if we should should mention this, the wages in the book or not because. As I said, we don't we don't want people to 
to get the notion that we were exploiting the people. Right. We were not trying to... Just say, that was not exploitation. That was the uh, sort of a the government, going government's... Government standards? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we'll handle it carefully. I and mean, they, it's... That was... It has, it's a touchy... touchy it is. Touchy. It is. Like, I, I would say I had help in the house, and they, if they'd say, you know, how much did you pay? Well, I had one of the... The boys mm -hmm. came to me one time. He was a schoolboy, and I had him working in the kitchen, and then he went to school. He came and he said he thought he was working too hard for what he was getting. He got his board, his room, and he got a, a salary. And he was working too hard, and too, he thought he should quit. And I said, I said that's that's all right, Adil, if you want to quit. That's uh, your your business. But I said, let me tell you, when I was going to school. I didn't get anything for my work except my board and my room, and that was true. I didn't get any money, and uh, he stayed. No, I, I hear what you're saying, because when I was in Indonesia, that happened. Our workers that were our translators uh, revolted and said, we're not getting enough money for translating for you. This is in 1992. Oh. I'm serious. And so we Americans kind of stood back. And they are not confrontational, so it was in their eyes that you had to watch this anger going on, you know. And the person who was in charge of the research project said, no, that is the going rate. We agreed when we, <clears throat> when we hired you for this amount of weeks. That's what you were going to be paid. And then he explained to us that we can't upset the economy when we go in there with right. our American goods. Yeah. The, the people are paid at a certain rate, and if you go in there and change that, you're not going to be welcome. Because you're not helping that's, that's right. what yeah. the situation is. You're upsetting that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we had to learn as we watched. It was fascinating to watch that. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's because necessary. as an American, I'd say, well, can't you give them a little more? <laughs> sure. You know, right. I mean, that would be my my take on it, kind well, of. I you know, know, as an individual, mm -hmm. we'll give them 50 cents more. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or I have enough. I can share. Yeah, yeah. but you don't do that. No, you have to be very careful. And another thing they warned us about was was making rice Christians of the people, that you give them lots of things. And that's what they called them, wasn't it? Rice Christians. And in other words, that if they were Christian, they would receive goods in return. Yeah. That's right. And so when we had churches built, the people had to build them. And we compare notes with other missionaries. I mean, they don't know it always. And I hear them saying how this congregation sent the money to build a church. In New Guinea, you didn't do that. You didn't get anyone to send you money to build a church. And right? this is kind of based on that Kaiser, hmm. Kaiser's yeah. understanding of being with the people and not upsetting their culture. Yeah. That's right. And he was... You know, this, um, his book has been translated into English. And in the English, the title is... A people reborn. I think, some, I think that's the mm -hmm. exact title. How it's, you know, this introduction of Christianity is a new birth. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. That's a good translation of that right? I can't remember. And I, I've never seen, I have the German. Oh, version, do you? But, uh, I've read parts of it, but it's, it takes me a long time to read German. It wasn't translated into English until 
recent, fairly recent years. So I don't know if I could. Maybe if I try on the internet this. Yeah. What's well, it, what is that? One million books? Do you know that? Uh, I've never. I've, I've. Whenever I've tried to look for a book, they say we're too busy. You know, come back again. So oh, really. Yeah. <laughs> so the internet isn't that great. Well, it's great, but you know, you gotta learn. Kids talk about all the things they can find, and I think. I wonder if we should go now back to the birth of. We went through Mary, Tom, Fred, Mark. Now we're at Jenny. If we should go back to Jenny, so we can kind of uh, be sure that we're going to cover that. Yeah, and that will link in with our first first furlough. We had been in New Guinea then for uh, uh, almost seven okay, years. Okay, well then I should have the notes on. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be sure I've got Jenny's birth. But we don't have her birth. No. That was in toward the. Okay. After that summer that we spent, Amy and the kids lived with her father in Zal, and I went to Grand Forks, and most weekends I came home, not every weekend. Now, wait a minute, I'm lost completely. (laughs) Remember, he went to the Wycliffe. Translator school. That was the, the year at furlough. Yeah. yeah and then first. when he was there, I was with my dad again. I had been there before Mary was born, you remember? Yeah. And now I went there before Jenny. I didn't go because I was expecting. I went to stay with dad. We I had, thought. We had moved into the greenhouse. Yeah, that's what I'm mixed yeah. up about here. Yeah. But we I wanted. Stayed to, there just a few weeks, I guess. But I wanted to be with my family a little bit. I, I see. And you were going to go off to the Institute. Yeah. So, so you went to Zoll. Yeah. So my dad, he didn't have a big house, but we had enough room and, and he li- he wanted to learn to know his grandchildren and I wanted him to know them and I wanted to be with him too. And and my sister was around there. My brother was newly married. <laughs> he had about four kids, I guess, already, but he was... Uh, Fairly newly married. And, and is he, was he nearby? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. This is Julius now? Julian, yeah. Julian. He, he was nearby. Herma was nearby. And uh, Willis got married at that in during that time that we stayed uh, in Zoll. So it was... Uh, but I still don't have Jenny married in my notes. Yes. No. I mean, Jenny born. Excuse no, me. That well, that, that comes next. Well, because you went home pregnant, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Now All right. I'm, now I'm with you. I'm okay. pregnant out here in Zoll. Okay. <laughs> but then Roland finished. He he wasn't quite finished. I think he had two weeks left. Mm-hmm. He came and got us and brought us back to Denver because I had to start going to the doctor sometime here. And <laughs> so and then, the summer institute was in Grand Forks. Okay. <clears throat> so instead of taking her out to the coast. <laughs> this time you brought her down to Denver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then we settled in there. We we were. So oh, then you were at the greenhouse. We were in the greenhouse in Denver. Okay. And uh, Lois or Jenny was born in October. And we li- we did we tell you we lived just across the road from Grandpa and Grandma. Right. Um. So where was she born? She was born in Waterloo, Iowa, and the doctor was Doctor Siebert uh, Seibert. S-E-I-B-E-R-T, Seibert. And uh, that was, 
Uh, well, I'll tell you, I, we to, I told the kids that one day I would be going to the hospital to have the baby. And so if they came home from school and I wasn't there, they shouldn't be worried. I was all right. And uh, Grandma would, we'd have Grandma come and stay with them. And she did. She came and stayed with them. And this was on a Friday. And I knew I was going into labor. I, and uh, uh, we went in before, the, before they came home from school. I thought it maybe was better. So this is Mary and Tom, Tom. and Fred? No, all? And, Just, and Mark, the four of them. Mary and Tom and Mark and Fred. Yeah, Mary, Tom, Fred, and Mark. The all were in school. No. no, Mary and Tom were the only ones That's in what school. I, yeah, okay. Fred was only three years old, yeah. and Mark was a year and a half. And they were in school in Denver. Yeah, they were in school in Denver. So when they came home, we, as I said, I just knew this was the time. So we went before they came home from school so that we didn't have this, you know, goodbye thing. And, and they they had been told, what, and Grandma was, they liked Grandma and knew her too. So mm -hmm. They didn't know her very well. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But... You know, they, they did know their relatives in a way. We tried to always talk about relatives. And uh, uh, we'd sing happy birthday when it was their birthday to them, we'd, and even though we weren't with them. So they had a feeling. Like for grandma and grandpa or whatever. For yeah. okay. uncle so-and-so and, -so and yeah. auntie so-and-so. Okay. Well, anyway, she was born about 11 at night. I what guess. was the date? October 9th. Yeah. Yeah, 9th. Mark's birthday is a 1953. <clears throat> She's born at? At the Allen Memorial Hospital. A-L-L-E-N Memorial Hospital in Waterloo, Iowa. You were going to give me the time. 11 o'clock. 11, about, about 11 o'clock. P.M. P.M. I can't remember the hour yeah. exactly. About 11. And she weighed 9 pounds and and uh, some ounces. Just oh my goodness! Yeah, she was a big baby, but she didn't. She didn't uh, stay big. You know, she later she didn't lose. Wasn't uh, malnourished, but she didn't stay big. She was quite a big baby. And uh, she, uh, after, of course, after I left the hospital, then doctor. There was a doctor in Denver, a family doctor. His name was Dr. Stummy. And he was the one that took care of, did the, the, uh, my care and her care after that. That's S-T-U-M-M-E. Thank you. Another German name. Yeah. And the kids were, were really happy that we had a little girl. They <laughs> yeah. only had little boys. <laughs> and I, I'd be making dinner, and Mary sometimes would sit on the side of the bed and hold the baby and bounce up and down to keep her quiet. <laughs> but she was normally quite a good baby. But Mary was really bitching in to help. Oh, yeah, she, she did that all her life, she felt, yeah, she was good. <clears throat> so then, when did you go back to uh, New Guinea after your first furlough? 
Well, we stayed there in Denver until the uh, beginning of May. Because you went home in July, right? Yeah. And then we went back to Zoll, spent a few weeks there before we started. We drove out to, uh, um, we, had a, we had a car during our year there, an old Plymouth two-door. We drove that to uh, Minneapolis, and then Amy and Took the train to Williston. Tom and Mary and I drove. Uh, I drove the Plymouth with all our baggage. <laughs> oh, sure, because the car was so small. Um, we even at that time we had a, a roomette on the train. It was real nice traveling, except I had only uh, an upper and a lower, and I had three children, so. I had two in bed with me, I guess. But it it was it was good traveling. It was on the Great Northern Empire Builder. Okay, so then you went back to kind of visit with your dad and say goodbye. Yeah. And then did you take the train from there out to San Francisco? That's the last time I saw my dad. Oh. He died the next year. Mm. So that's uh he wasn't sickly, you know, or anything. He had come to visit us in, in Denver, too. He spent at least a week and maybe more with us in Denver. But uh, after that, he, as I say, he wasn't ailing that I thought he wouldn't live, but, uh, but he got... He, I, what did he die from him? It was... Uh, what should I say, a gastrointestinal infection. Just a, a summer flu was what caused his death. And I don't, I don't really know. Um, yeah, the uh, details. Any more than that, really. So I, you couldn't come home for his funeral? Well, no, you know, this, uh, we never, now, now uh, it was, it was, there was such a, a limit to the amount of money we could sure. use that, uh, it never even occurred to me yeah. to try to fly. I mean, how could I leave? Now you had had children? Burton die when you were in New Guinea. Am I right? No. no, he had died in the war. That's Norbert. Norbert. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Norbert. No. But somebody died when you were. Darlene, his sister died. Oh yeah. Oh, Darlene died. Yeah, that was about six months after your dad died. Oh, okay. So I didn't know about this. I mean, I think we talked a little bit about Darlene. Darlene, she was. A, she, she had was children. In, yeah, she was in New Guinea. You know, she's Mrs. Deemer, Max yeah. Deemer. They were in New Guinea three and a half years, and then she got sick and just didn't get better. And what kind of sickness did she have? She had sprue. Tropical sprue. They diagnosed it as. So she was in New Guinea. Were you able to visit her at the hospital? Um, well, no, I guess she, she wasn't. She, it was kind of chronic. She wasn't. Oh. She was in the hospital a while. For observation, she had a, a baby, and after she had Danny, she just never 
I say that very carefully because I don't want to... The implication there. Yeah, yeah. I said after she had Danny. I don't know that it had anything to do with her pregnancy. But she did have a... They found later that she had a sensitivity to wheat. And, uh, and then... Uh, it took quite a while to determine that. Yeah. And she wasn't well all that time, really. And then she had a, had some surgery. I don't even. I mean, it was a it was a, a surgery, and she hemorrhaged quite a bit. And after she hemorrhaged, after she had that, uh, not immediately, but soon, they found she had Hodgkin's disease. She had uh, lymph, lymph uh, enlarged lymph nodes, and uh, and, and she had three little kids by now. Three little kids, yeah. It was with the last pregnancy. And where was she living? When the, what city? Andrew, uh, Iowa. Andrew, Iowa. It's near Iowa City. I thought she was in New Guinea. No, they had come back. Oh, okay. They had to leave the mission. When, the mission. when, Danny, the was, when Danny was nine months old, they left. Okay. So this... That doesn't have anything to do with our story, but he had this dilemma of okay. settling down, you know, with his family. She was okay. So you're you went back to New Guinea in May. About uh, June. In June, and did you go back by ship or airplane? Ship. Uh, out of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah out of San Francisco. On the Oransa. How do I spell that? O R O N S A Y. The Orient Line. Yeah, you see That's that advertised. Used to used see to it advertised. Those, all those National How long lines. does it take you to go? Uh, about two and a half weeks. Hmm. That time. And now you have five children. I have a little baby. I'm sorry. We stopped at Honolulu, I guess, and yeah. uh, Fiji. Fiji. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Fiji. I don't think we went by or did we go by by Auckland? We must have sure. gone by Auckland. Wellington. We had those pictures. No, it was when we came back. We went through Wellington. Yeah. We didn't go by Wellington. Oh yeah. That was on the uh, Fiji and then Sydney. And, and uh, we should tell about uh, Jennifer got chickenpox when we were okay. in the middle of the oops. When On our westward journey uh, by train, we stopped in Cut, uh, uh, Shelby, Montana. And now there Mrs. Brannon comes in again. Oh, really? <laughs> Had to visit Mrs. This isn't the last visit we had with Mrs. Brannon, but yeah. one of the last ones. Mrs. Brannon and my aunt Madonna yeah. were living in Shelby, so we stayed overnight there. One night they had a a big. I had many cousins living around there, and they had all these relatives together, and uh, and I stayed with. Uh, um, now I don't know which. Uh, which one of uh, these uh, our children's cousins? Somebody, some of them, had chicken pox, and we—I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs>
So nine days, I think, out on the water, I found Jenny, Jennifer, Jenny. With and she was the baby. She was the baby, and here she was with pock marks. Well, the, the temptation have... was, the others had had chicken pox. The temptation was to just not say anything. You yeah. Know? But were there other baby, other kids on board? A lot of children, a lot of kids. So, oh, dear. So I, I had to tell them. And so they put me, they isolated us, Jenny and me. And here I had these other kids that had to, I had to wash clothes for them and everything and feed them. And Mark was just two years old or a little older. Well, he was going on three, we might say. But uh, the doctor insisted on that. I, nobody could stay with Jenny except me or Roland. He could, he could relieve me. So there we stayed. And I couldn't get off the ship with the rest of them. He said I would have to go through through a special uh, examination, you know, through a special yeah quarantine process. And then what do you think they did? They did send me to a, a, a quarantine hospital. <laughs> when you got into Australia? Yeah, we got to Sydney. He said you'll be. I said, but this is this is. Chicken pox, and he said, "Well, it's questionable." Well, I said, "Look at her scar, smallpox vaccination. She had a nice scar." He said, "You could be very unpopular in in Australia." He said, <laughs> "Anyway, I really, I think I was the last one off the ship. I stood there on the at the on the deck watching everybody go, and." So, you know, they throw all that good fruit away because you can't bring it into the country oh. and all, all this stuff I watched. Then they came with a with a car and took me out to a, a, a what, what was the name of it? It was Queen... Queen Princess Alexandra or some hospital. Some fancy name like that, hospital. And How long did Jeff stay there? I had to leave the baby there. That was one of the worst traumatic experiences of my whole life. How old was she? About six months Nine old? Nine months old, something like that. Well, this eight is months. eight months old, and she cried, and, and all these, this pediatric ward, all these kids with the IVs and the oxygen, you know, and everything, and it was terrible. But then I, had, then I took a, a bus back to the hotel where they were. And then the next day I got a call, you can come and get your baby. <laughs> and we, we had made all sorts of changes. Changed our bookings and all this stuff. And then uh, there was a, the daughter of the, of the one, the liaison again. The daughter said, she went to the, to the air, to the whoever had made these changes and said, look at this family has to travel together. You can't separate them like this. And fortunately, she she got that changed. But poor little Jenny, it was awful. And when the next day, we we got her back, and and uh, <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't remember it, but I sure but do. You do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't. Really terrible. But the other kids saw it too, so it was scary to them. Yeah. 
and just because of and then I I said where did we get this chicken pox I had oh. no idea yeah nobody told me we had yeah. that chicken pox if I had known I could have been in on my guard a little bit yeah and if I had been on my guard I maybe wouldn't have taken her out until she was recovered yeah because our kids had all had chicken pox but uh, oh well anyway then later I think years later you found out I found out that the kids said <laughs> oh the traumas of traveling with little kids it's a really big deal yeah. well I don't know. Our, our kids really seemed to take to traveling. They didn't make, they weren't sick, you know. That yeah. was one good thing, thank goodness. So we've got Jenny born now. We've got you back into New Guinea after your first furlough. And then you went to Aga, mm -hmm. and you stayed there for a few months. months. And then you made the trip with Fred to Onkali to mm -hmm. see how things were going, and you were welcomed back with open arms. Mm -hmm. So then you... So then now, after a few months, you all moved to Omkali? Yeah. Okay. In those months, I did a lot of traveling. It was a big area, two, two circuits that I was responsible for. So I suppose I was on the track half the time. Yeah. Um, so you were away from the family half the time? That, uh, during those few months, I think I was such a big area and there were yeah there were a couple of big baptisms in that time the one at Igidi was that how do I spell Igidi I-G-I-D-I so when you were aware that there was going to be a big baptism the nationals who were the evangelists in that in Igidi would say we've got 50 well there's a I think it was close to 200. We've got 200 people here who want to be baptized. Mm -hmm. Then you would go there and you would do the baptizing. Mm -hmm. But um, you usually had a catechization. You yeah, checked we, on them. Okay. What is a catechization? Uh, questioning and uh, finding out how much they know of the Bible stories. And, the, and this is all, um, they aren't literate. It's all like oral. It's not not a hard examination, but just to see a little bit of what they have absorbed. And you're speaking in the native language well, now? Uh, usually I spoke in, in Pidgin or Kauti, and, then, and uh, one of the lo local workers would translate. When I spell Kauti, should it have an accent over the E? Well, it's so hard to do that. I can do that on the computer. You can? Uh-huh. Um, okay. Which way does Where the accent go? Is it left or right? I don't know. Maybe they'll be in there. I think but we, um, uh, we don't have it in, in our... What we have is, for all, we have A with a rooftop. Can you oh, do that? Okay. A with a rooftop. For all the words. No. Like this. No. Oh. Um, this is the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and an A, so. A, and we Instead of or over? Over. So it's like that. Yeah. And uh, when you don't have those characters, then 
E, write it this way. And that's not a silent E. But if you if you can do that, this yeah. is this is a way we Oh, it's K-A-T-T-E. K K-A-T-E. Is the correct way for kate. Yeah. K-A-T-E. Okay. Instead of the accent over the E. All right. Yeah. Any other way that I should be accenting the words? I don't think of any. Um, when you get usually the pronunciation, the accent is on the first syllable, usually. Oh. It's a fairly, not a universal without exception, but most of these uh, So it looks like Kate. Yeah. Kate, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, and then sometimes they spell it K-O-T-T-E, so that, uh, yeah, that's but he it, said if I can do the A with the hood, with the cover over it, then it's more correct K-A-T-E. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh -huh. that, that, from what we use. Okay. The Wycliffe people don't use any of those marks. Maybe they do now, because but with typewriters, you didn't have those yeah. extra characters, yeah. so we would try to use. Well, I can them. put it in the computer. Mm -hmm. I was maybe, trying to maybe find. The, maybe the Wycliffe people are doing things like that now too. Well, it might be because yeah. with WordPerfect, they, really, they really are uh, computerized. Those people. Uh, oh, I suppose that would be uh, such a big advantage. They, um, yeah. they are, have been very good at developing uh, solar panels that they can use. For, for the energy. It, yeah, in bush conditions. Wonderful. So they can use their computers everywhere. Wonderful. Okay, so we've got... I want to get back to where we are now. Yeah, we're, the, you, check, you do the baptisms and you do the catechization where you'd be checking. And I said, what language? And you said you'd have the interpreter then speaking in... In the, the people's language. In the people's language. And you would be speaking in Pidgin or Kate mm. to the um, national who was the evangelist. Mm. And then he would ask the person the question. Mm. Okay. Um, would you ever go to the baptisms, Amy? I never went to the outstation baptisms in the early years. I went to one, on, that was in, before we went on our second furlough. What, what was the baptism like? Well, that's, it's a big festival. It's not somewhat can be somewhat compared with their old big the festival. festival. Yeah, it's, yeah, a Christian, it's a Christian yeah, festival. Right. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And they would invite lots of people to uh, neighboring villages, Christian and non-Christian uh -huh. gather, but mostly the Christian. And what would happen in this ritual? Well, quite often there would also be a new church building that they had worked on and got ready. So the first event would be uh, the dedication of the church, and uh, a neighboring group would, would bring a cross, a wooden cross that they had made, to put on the church. Uh, and that was a gift. Yeah. And they, uh, that was a real ceremony with dancing and procession and uh, singing and prayers. And the cross was made of? Wood. Um, so there was dancing and singing and prayers, and mm -hmm. that would be in the native tongue. Mm -hmm. And then um, they would take the cross and put the ladder up against the building mm -hmm. and 
sometimes actually dance up the ladder with the cross. Oh, cool! Yeah. It was cool. They'd go from side to hold the cross and go from side to side like this. Oh! They were really good at drama. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you put it up there and then the... But there was, was lots of food, too, yeah, at this ceremony, too. Yeah. Okay, and what kind of food? Was it be feeding like the pigs again? Yeah, there'd be some pigs. And not lots of them. No, no not no. Um, But there would be there would be pork and all kinds of... How would they cook the pork this time? Same way. Same way as for the pig festival. And then would there be tables of other kinds of food? Not tables, but piles. Piles. <laughs> okay. This I is forget. A yeah. Culture without furniture. Yeah. Well, that but that's important for me to ask yeah. you so that These I. people can... they don't live in houses. They live in the village, really. Yeah. You, you live yeah. In... They live outside. That's the, the, the village square is really the living room. Ah yes. Ah, yes. And then the, the sleeping quarters is the little thatched yeah. area that we would think of as a home. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, first there would be the singing and the dancing and the dedication of the church. When would the baptism happen? The next day. That would be on Saturday, usually. Okay, and then and you would sleep. eat after that? Yeah. And, and no, not the, fe the feast wouldn't be until after the baptism, though, would it? Yeah, I guess. There, there's some... Something or whatever. Yeah, okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then on Sunday, was there a Sunday service? I'm assuming. Yeah. Now, quite often, the, they would make a, an outdoor worship area because the crowds are big, and um, there would be rough benches for the candidates to sit on, and they. This isn't something that was required, but it became a custom. Every baptismal candidate would wear a white loincloth, and many of them had white t-shirts, and the women had white dresses. Um, Wonder Hubbard style. You know what I mean? Them like like uh, like the moomoos you buy from Hawaii. Um, a yoke with a with a full skirt. So that was quite a sight to see Yes, And they were clothed compared to the people yeah. that were not. Yeah. That's this right. was something that we we never required. That wasn't something you had to have in order to be baptized. But it, it was, became a custom. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And there the women of the church come in again because the women of the church made hundreds of white dresses and sent them out to the mission. How did they know to do that? Well, because the literature was sent out. Okay, this had the it was Germans. A real program. The Germans started it really. The Germans yeah. started these white and dresses hemmed, and loincloths for the men. Yeah, hmm. and the T-shirts came from Hong Kong or China, whatever. But this, I don't know if we should tell this story. But one man was baptized in, in his native garb. And uh, uh, I think he was just trying to see if, if he could oh, be baptized. Uh -huh. Because I, I knew that man had, had gotten a white loincloth. Do you remember that in New Line Little? Yeah. And uh, he was just uh, going to see if, if... If that was the requirement. Yeah. <laughs> he was testing the boundary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that, that, 
Uh, makes why sense. Wouldn't, why wouldn't they think that? Oh, do you have? I can't get a baptized. I don't have a white what, dress. What did they do with the white dress and the white loincloth after they were baptized? Oh, they usually put them aside. They didn't have very good. They didn't have cupboards, but they usually had a box or a yeah. chest where they could keep. Special. special. They put them on when they went to communion. Yeah, when, they, they when there was a communion service, then they dressed in their white. You know, it, it's it's impressive to see those hundreds of people in white. I bet it's beautiful. It is nice. It's just a beautiful sight. Did you ever read Michener's uh, The Covenant? No, in South I Africa? Uh -uh. It talks about that, huh? It talks about uh, these were weren't uh, these were the Dutch people. Mm -hmm. They didn't uh, have, they lived pretty much like, pretty primitive in some places. And they didn't have church every Sunday. But once or twice a year, they'd have this big gathering and they'd have communion. Mm. And dress in white? Well, I don't, oh. I don't remember that part. Okay. But this, here now, communion has gotten to be a weekly event. The people would have special benches. Were they on the outside or the inside of the church if there was a church dedicated? Well, if, if there was, if the church was big enough, then it would be in, inside. And they would have benches there? Yeah. Okay. So then where and when were they baptized? Well, there would be uh, hymn singing and prayers and uh, sermon, and then the baptismal liturgy. How did you baptize them? Um, well, usually we had we would have a a tub of water near the altar, and then we usually had one. Um, there were a few national pastors, like this one, the first one we had there at Egadi, Reverend Holloman came along, and. There was one national pastor, and then there would be one assistant who would hold the basin, and uh, then the pastors actually did the baptizing. Oh, the nationals did the baptizing. No, one. There was one national that helped. See there. Okay, so you did the baptizing. It'd be a long line get, uh, lined up in front of the altar. Uh, pastor Hanneman and I, and this one national pastor. Baptizing. Move from one to the next. Who was the national? Memorial. Oh, yeah. So there he was, was three of you. He yeah. had been ordained, yeah. He How do I spell Memorial? M O M O D R O R O R I G E. M O M O O R. No, that's right. Okay. <laughs> or uh, E at the final E instead of I. Whenever I get it spelled correctly, I mark it so that I know <laughs> that that's the right one because I can't keep track of all these words, you know. So these are strange names. 
Yeah. Um, so that that takes um, quite a couple bit. hours. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I think. When did you do the catechization? Was that a different trip? Uh, well, there was some the, the day before. There was some of that, too, yeah, the final quiz. But when you would make your rounds on the circuit, that was some of what you were doing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a continuing course. They were, they were having these meetings every week. Sometimes they would, um, every night they would gather in their, in the men's house, for instance, and recite a story and sing their hymns and evening devotions. That it's really something to hear that in, yeah. when you walk through a village is these devotional meetings. Did you get invited into the men's house? Oh yes. Uh, that wasn't uh, they weren't Tambu. But there weren't any I never saw any of these secret ceremonies. Yeah, right. But that was considered acceptable for you to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, uh, then there would be the feasting afterwards. Okay. And then in the afternoon, the people would break up and go back to their various. And then food. they make a big line, and everybody who has been at the baptism oh, he, shakes hands. Oh, that's immediately after oh, the service. Oh, tell me this. Yeah, they line up, all those that have been baptized line up. And then the hundreds of these people that have come to shake hands go through this line. So the, the guests, yeah. it's like a receiving line. Yeah. The yeah. guests shake hands with everyone who's been baptized. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It, it is real, really effective, I think. And again, that's not something that you told them to do. This would just, just kind of happen. Yeah, I'm sure these... Uh, Maybe the nationals tell them. Yeah, that's uh -huh. part of their... Celebration. Um, a customs. lot of these things. The so then, after they're baptized, what are the expectations that they and you have about a newly baptized person? Well, um, to keep coming to church every Sunday, which um, wasn't uh, attendance wasn't that great. Yeah. Uh, there was always a falling off. Sure. There's a you, you build up to this. Uh, Peak and you can't stay at the peak. Yeah. But uh, and uh, hopefully uh, less fighting and stealing. And quite a bit of stealing in the native. That's trouble with the women. <laughs> oh sure. So in other words, they're obeying the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Well, that's. So tried. how shall we say it with the women? But um, we never were that strict. We said they could keep one. We never said which one it was. And um, and usually there was the wives that were discarded. Mm -hmm. There were men available for them, so they weren't. Like they tell in some of these cultures, if a woman was sent away, it was like a death sentence. Oh. Um, in some cultures. And you were baptizing men and women. Oh yes. Okay. But only one wife with uh, each 
I would say that we never never baptized a bigamist. Sure. It, it probably happened. But. I'm just trying to think of what else would be of interest to the writer, to the reader. And another, oh yes, another thing, try to get their, if they have children, have them in school. Oh. Yeah. Because after the church went up, then the school went up? Yeah, or even before, before there was probably yeah. a school. Yeah. Quite often, the, quite often there was a school even before a church building. And who was teaching and what well, were they teaching? Uh, we had these trained village school teachers. And they, um, From the nationals? Yeah. Men or women? Men. And they, they used the Kote textbooks. In the early years, we never we didn't have um, the first. We got our first teacher in '49, I guess. Signing didn't he come in '49? Yeah, but Milan taught. Yeah, he, he wasn't really. A, he hadn't gone through the training course, but he, he tried to teach to uh, reading. And, and so they and when they went to school, they were learning to read. Mm -hmm. Okay, and learning math. I'm yeah. assuming mm -hmm. numbers. And, yeah. And uh, their, uh, the reading books had some really nice stories, and um, not too many of them got to those readers, but I know I was surprised to find that there was a story of George Washington and the cherry tree. And oh, really? <laughs> the language. That was the dilemma, too. If we had the schools in Cote to have enough literature produced, yeah. who's going to produce all this literature? Well, there was some in Cote, but when they were requiring that you go to English, there weren't any English textbooks, really. So what's the sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, we <laughs> when did that happen, that they required you teach in English? Um, in the late 50s. Forgot an exact date, but it must have been about 57, because in 59 or 58, that's when the first short, or, uh, yeah, short-term English teachers were sent out from this country, and that's when the Australian government started their crash teacher training courses. Oh. So that was really a dilemma. Here you had kind of a system going, and now yeah. somebody's saying, "Oh no." We're telling you what to do. Uh -huh. Oh, that sounds so right on. <laughs> Bureaucracies always do that. Yeah. Well, they, it was a dilemma for them, too. They were trying to provide education for the whole country. And, uh, there and they got Kate here and yeah, Kia right. here yeah. and, and something else here. over there. And yeah. So, um, and that, they thought, this solution was the best, yeah. but now experts are saying that it, it's not the way to do it. Uh, you know, so just start English from the word go, and they don't know one word of English. And they were even, some, some of these schools, children were disciplined if they would speak on the playground, would speak in, in their own language. I'm sorry, that turns me still. 
This, we, it was the United Nations mm. Trust, you know, and the and the and the, the country was being watched rather carefully. They were, I see. So you had to be careful with all this stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah and they demanded that there be progress. That's, there be that progress. was a way you would. That was the standard they were saying. If you're going to be here, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh dear. Well, that's all we know as human beings. So, yeah. that's in know. hindsight, you can now. Now they are changing, and they are using pidgin English quite a bit mm-hmm. in the lower grades. It's not. It's not healthy to be instructed in a language that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you learned a little bit, then you can start a foreign language. If you learn to read in some other yeah. language. Mm-hmm. But you would be surprised at what good English speakers there are mm. in New Guinea. Uh, yeah. We had a, a, a man that was a, a baby when we went to Omkalai, and he had some bitter experiences. He was in the army, he was an alcoholic and all this, and he finally settled down and came here to the seminary. And he, he uses... He's a master's degree now. Oh, that must be exciting for you to see that. And he writes such good English letters and uh, speaks yeah. good English. Yeah. It so was his ticket <laughs> for progress. It must have been. He did. He did real well. There were a few that the teachers said they they are uh, they are a natural. Ah, uh, but not, not all of them. Sure. I wonder if we should get back now to we've got Jenny born. Who's next in line? Sam. Sam. How about Sam? Yeah. Well, we. Thought our family wasn't complete, <laughs> <laughs> and so. And you're back at Omkalai now. We're at Omkalai, and. Uh, and we have the airstrip. Oh, let's talk about the airstrip. We didn't have the airstrip when he was born. Okay, well, we'll do. After he was born. Yeah, right at that time. Yeah. He okay, was. Okay, tell him about it. Uh, We've been walking for eight years, back and forth, if we ever went. <laughs> And the distance was 20 miles. 20 some miles. Well, there, there was this proposed airstrip that was on a slope about like that. And. Um, what shall I say? 20 degrees? Um, 10 degrees? How, what would you yeah, say? Yeah, 12, 12, 12 degrees. degrees 1 in 12. Get it down just like that. Okay. Um, for a long time, they had said that's just the. But then a mission got a high performance Super Cub plane. Oh. Um, one engine, one pilot, and one passenger, or about 400 pounds of uh, cargo could be carried. And that could land on a very short strip. So uh, this, the pilot. There was a strip across the river that the Catholics had built up. He landed there and then rode the motorbike across the gorge over to Onkali. He said that was the most harrowing part of his whole trip, mm-hmm. riding the motorbike. He looked at the, at the strip and he said, oh, I thought he could land there. 
but then he, he went back. Who cleared it for you? How did you? We uh, You had it all cleared. Crew. Yeah, it had been. Um, it was a grassy slope. It hadn't. I'm sure in years previously it had been a garden, but for when we came there, it was cleared already. Okay. Um, but it was kind of rough, and we tried smoothing it out a little bit. How do you smooth it out? With shovels and try to make a roller out of a log. And, but uh, anyway, he said he thought it'd be okay. Okay. So he went back, took off, and landed there. And when did that happen? It must, uh, in, must have been July 56. He opened it in August, though, and it wasn't opened when Sammy was born. I went out from Dirima. Oh, did he and come? Sammy was born on the 27th of August. 28th. 20, no, yeah, 28th of August. So did he, while well, you were in the hospital, is that when he came? No, he came and he did that when I went out. I went out to the hospital and he cleared that airstrip. It all happened in because uh, the next week he made a trip into Omkalai and then... Yeah, and then Freddie was the first passenger to land there. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was the first one. So it, was, it had to be August, the year that Sam was born. I know, I know that. Okay. okay, well tell me about Sam being born. Well, when Sam, I took Fred with me. I had correspondence lessons for Fred, you see at home, so I took him with me to the hospital. And, and the uh, hospital is in? Yagal. It, it was kind of a, a family situation, you know, when you went to the hospital. Sometimes you had to bring your kids along. Yes. So, uh, let's go, you go. There's Madang, and there's Yagal. It's, uh, it's about six miles, but there's a river between there that Y A G A U M. And the river is where? It doesn't show up. Oh, okay. It's just a small river. <clears throat> so uh, you flew out to Yagam? I flew to Madang and then I went by car up to, to Yagam. Okay. So you had to walk the 20 miles to Kirawaki? No, no, I didn't. I, had, I, got, I went across. With Sam, I was able to just go across the river. The Catholics had an airport on the other side of the river. That's and this is the Wagi River. No, this is the Marel, M-A-R-E-L. Okay, i got to keep up with you. Yeah. So you got across the Morel River, and how did you get across? Was there a bridge? Yeah, yes, there was a bridge. And I I think I walked most of that way. Because the Catholic mission at... Dirima. D I R I M A. Okay. Had an airstrip. I, we might have had that cart along too, you know, but uh, I don't remember. I can't remember if I walked or I didn't. Anyway, I got across and the plane was there and I went out to Madang from there. So it wasn't any very much of a trip at all. Two hours. With Fred. With Fred. Fred okay. and I went and that left Mark. And Jenny, at home with Roland. Mar Jenny was almost was almost four. She would have no. been four in October. She was three. Three. Almost three. That's right. She would have been three in October. 
and Fred was five. You know, Mark was five. Okay. And so then Fred and I had school. We had and lessons. Fred was five or Fred must have been six. Yeah, he was six. Yeah. He was okay. six going on seven. Okay. So we had school at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> He'd sit there and work on his lessons. But we weren't there that long. Maybe a, I can't remember how many days, but maybe a week before, or maybe ten days. Mm -hmm. And we were in a in a ward. There were four of us in the in the room. He had his own bed with all these women, <laughs> but it, he was a little boy. He was didn't and then uh, uh, early one the more in the morning on October 20th, no, August 28th, Sam was born. And uh, one of the women told Fred that your mommy had the baby, so you go with me to breakfast. <laughs> and he was all right. Um, now, this is the hospital at Yagong. No one else was born at Yagong, right? He's the first one that was born at yeah. okay. And was it the, um, the mission doctor, or who delivered him? It was a, the mission doctor was a lady this time, Dr. Fritsch. F-R-I. No, wait a minute. It was Dr. Heist. Dr. Heist, a man, yeah. Dr. Brown was on leave. H-E-I-S-T. H-E-I-S-T, that's right. Okay. And he was a mission doctor. Mission doctor. And, and no, everything was normal. Nothing. Do you remember the weight approximately? Uh, I he just was, want to oh, be sure he was nine pounds too. I just want to be sure if we mentioned yeah. it for one, we mentioned the it last, for all, so that everybody's last, even. The last three were nine pounds. I'm from pounds. a big family. I know how this goes. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, yeah. Everybody's got to have the same. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the the, the uh, most interesting part of his birth was was how Fred responded. He in after he'd had his breakfast, he came to the room and, and he just sat with the, the baby who was in the basket. He sat with his face, he was little, and, and he kept looking at him and looking at him and looking at him. He just couldn't just quit looking at him. Uh, and how did you decide on his name? I don't know that we've said that about everybody, though. Sam, uh, well, I, Tom had quite a big part in naming Sam. How did Tom Sa do that? T Tom got a, a Elsie Egemeyer is a Bible, writes Bible stories. Have you heard of her? We mentioned her, I think. Yeah. No, oh, Egemeyer's Bible story. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, Tom had an Egemeyer's Bible ABC book, and uh, we read that a lot. And an S is for Samuel. Oh. And he wanted to name him Baby Samuel. Cute. So we called him Samuel John, and John was a name we gave him. Uh, I, I don't remember yeah. anyone's name. That's going to be cute. Though. One thing about Samuel, he was the only one of all our children that was baptized at Rompelai, at the church at Rompelai. Oh. And uh, uh, he was baptized by Reverend Bergman. B-U-R-G-E-R-G-M-A-N-N. -E -N. And I thought we should have one baby that had both of us as holding him. Mm -hmm. So we were we brought him for baptism, us two together. Always it was somebody else that held the baby. Yeah. And so that's... Nice. Yeah, it was... 
So we've got Sam born now. So now you have six children. And that's 1956. And then it wasn't then when we made the chair. No, that was Let me just double check that I know about the airstrip now. So it was... Quite close after that, that this whole thing happened, where the pilot came over and took a look at your area. Just before that, when he said, "You never will we let a oh long term, but you this uh, super cub." Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's right. Just at the time that Sam was born, the airstrip was opened. So then when when she came back, you came to the Onkali, and I came to Onkali. But how did Fred get to be the first one? Because he came home before she did. Because it was only room for one passenger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he came within a couple of days, didn't he? Just a few days. Sam, Fred was, uh, this isn't for the record, he he just, you know, he was, here I was with the baby, and he was, and Sam okay. was the first baby for, that was brought back to him. To be, okay. And he was baptized there. Uh-huh. So then a couple of days later, you and the baby came back. Not a couple of days. I we stayed at least nine days in the hospital. They didn't let us go back before nine days. I don't think ever. And it was a good thing because I didn't get a chance to shop very often. But they would take care of the baby the day before I was going home, and I could go down to the mission store. And our mission store was very well stocked. We could get personal items, grocery items, all that sort of thing. And it was a real privilege. It was like a retail store and a wholesale. It had huge supply. Quite, oh. could almost say huge supplies. Yeah. And then again, that came off your budget, whatever you yeah. purchased oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Huh? Well, but the things we bought privately, that was out of our private account, too. Uh-huh. Just we got tablecloths. They had nice English... Uh, and, uh, what a contrast to go back to Old Kali with bone china or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, lace tablecloths. <laughs> the paradox of life. It was, it was a good... See, we haven't mentioned, though, when we moved into the permanent house. Have we? We'll, we have to do that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, then I came back. Oh, yes, and then I have these today. I... Uh, I guess when you live in a community, you know, you hear about things like we heard the mission store has these wonderful plastic dishes. They're, uh, what is the, that famous brand of? Uh, um, Melmac or Melmac, Melmac. But Melmac. this is by Branchell. <laughs> B-R-A-N-C-H-E-L-L. And it's, it had um, a service for eight. Two were gardenia color. Two were charcoal. Two were... Um, a lovely pink, and one was a sort of an aqua blue. A service for eight. Set for four Isn't colors. White? That's the gardenia. It was oh. it was not. It was off white. Yeah. And two gardenia, two charcoal, two pink, one aqua, and two aqua. Everything two aqua. was two. You yeah, know. Okay. it was a service for eight. Two of everything, and the the dinner plates. So I brought a set of those along home, and I have those today. <laughs> that was a special treasure. Spe- oh, well, you know, it was really something new. We were yeah. so thrilled to get it. And uh, everybody, Unbreakable. they had had such, such ugly plastic dishes that they could supply us. And this was a nice, well, I have.
this is it. Oh, that's great that you still have it. I and, have, and I have the rest out in a in a forty four gallon drum at Fred's house. Oh. I'm going to when when I'm gone, then this is going to be marked for for Mark for for Sam. It's as old as he is. <laughs> I don't think he'd ever really want it, but maybe by that time... Might be valuable. Yeah, it's Royale by Branchell someplace. Yeah, here it says Branchell. But this is... The other plastic was so porous. Uh-huh. And it, it almost, you know, it looked as Would if be the stained. Food, yeah. food got into it. Yeah. And, and this was nice and fine. Yeah. <laughs> but Little got, things mean a lot. Yeah. And in, the, in those years... Mission Supply House started to get uh, um, things like marshmallows. We could never get marshmallows. Cake mixes, Betty Crocker ah, cake mixes. Yeah. Crisco, uh, Miracle Whip. What are some of the other things? Um, cranberries. Oh, we had cranberries at Christmas finally. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, beginning, beginning to feel like home. I mean, getting that stuff. Yeah, we started that. And pizza, we used to get... Uh, what is it? Boyardee. I got a motorcycle when I was in 56, I think. So um, a couple a couple of times I gave them, got them on the motorcycle, didn't I? Yeah, I had two kids on the motorcycle. That was fun, I bet. <laughs> but let's talk about when they'd come home and how you'd make that an occasion. Did it continue that only one passenger could be on those planes that no. landed on that airstrip, or did that change? That changed fairly soon when, when the Cessnas could land, and they carried five or six passengers. Yeah. Okay. But the first first time they came home from school, they came over. They came from Ega. I can remember they were coming, and of course they. they the little ones were so excited. Yeah. They did all sorts of funny things like hiding behind the door. It was a it was a big occasion, and we tried to have all the things that they liked to eat and cookies and and. Uh, what were some of the things that you'd have special for them? Oh, what would you, what could you think of? Well, cinnamon rolls for one thing they liked, and and. Uh, have plain white cookies. They liked that. We didn't have chocolate chips in those days, so we didn't have any chocolate chips. And uh, I don't remember. We have their room fixed, and and uh, I I I I can't, uh, you know, just just the okay. welcoming, and right, and, all and the this. excitement. Yeah, that's. Um, uh, 
Sometimes Did, they were a little bit shy about, about their own friends, too, weren't they? Uh, from the village. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were shy, even even a little bit shy. Your uh, children were. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. It, uh, it bothered them to have to shake hands with everybody, you know. Oh, was that part of the routine? Well, not, not that they really made a line, but a lot of them would come out to greet them, and of course they sh had to shake hands. Not this kind of shaking. No, no. This kind of shaking. Yeah. Uh, shaking hands. So. Uh -huh. and some, they very soon learned that. And they were so glad they, you know, uh, oh, Tommy, oh, Tommy, and things like that. Um, and it took them a little while to sort of, I mean, home was a lot different than school. And... Uh, they always had the same beds, so they knew where their beds were, but uh, <clears throat> they kind of, I can remember more that that, uh, that Mary was, it took a little while before she would sort of feel like she was home again. I felt that she was a little... Uh, would they write letters? That was the question I wanted oh. to ask. Oh, yeah, that's a big okay. thing. How did that go? They were, I guess we have to take our hats off to the matrons. The matrons got the children together and, and helped them write letters every week. Every week? Every week, yeah. Sunday afternoon, wasn't yeah. it? Consequently, our kids have always been good to write letters to us. It held, just held over. They don't write every week. And then you week. wrote back to them, I'm oh, assuming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have any of those letters? I think I have almost everyone. We should put a smattering of those in for the memorabilia, I think. That'd I'll be look, so sweet. I'll look and see. Some you of can them find tell, a special one. Tell how lonesome they are. I can't yeah. put those in. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe but, we can put a lonesome one and a happy one or something. Lois you know? wrote, and she was the one that stayed home, you know, till she was in third grade. And, and so she was the most lonesome of all. And she sent a letter one time. And right in one corner was a big splatter of the ink. Oh. She said, that's my my tears. <laughs> How sweet. <laughs> but uh, she she was home so long, we, we didn't. Uh, I suppose we should have worried more about her than we did about Mary. But, uh, uh, you know, you Mary was, she had to, she had to. Be the one. She had to plow the way. The oldest but she one wasn't is. the youngest. Tom was younger than least. Tom, well, the reason we... There, too, now. Tom, we could have kept him home and had homeschooling, but we thought how lonesome he, she would be. Without him. And other mission families did that, too. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Two together. Sure. And the one thing that was a disadvantage for Mary and Tom was that we had this EGA assignment. And... It was just hard to, to, to cope with, to, to do everything we should have done for them when they were first at Wall. Oh, because you said you went with them to get them settled. Yeah, and then I came back. But it took, we had to send our mail from Omkali by runner to Aga. And then when... when you were there at Aga for the first few months. Yeah, then I could send the letters right from Aga. But we, another oh, I see, because it was like another trip till you could get to the place where you could send the letters off. Yeah. 
it was really important to send parcels to the children away at school. What did you send them? Oh, we dried bananas, and we had uh, sometimes we would make cookies and uh, uh, peanuts. Peanuts, yeah, those were the main items: dried mm-hmm. bananas, cookies, and just peanuts. so they'd be getting something from home. Just so they get something, because it's just like the soldiers. You know, you read about the one that went to get. The, everybody no got letters. mail and the one didn't get any. Yeah. Well, that's the way there was a truck that we could send the stuff out to Medang. It would go on the ship to lay, and it would go on a truck up to Wow. <laughs> and when the Bedford, that's the truck, when the Bedford came, everybody stood there waiting for their parcel. Uh, and then if you didn't get a parcel, you know, it was too bad. <laughs> <coughs> These are really important, important deals in, in our lives. Exactly, you know? and, and I, I really want for us to be able to emphasize those kinds of things. Yeah. The effort that it took for you to maintain those bonds. Yeah, we, we tried. The kids are we, old enough now to get that, you know. That's yeah, hard yeah. work. Well, it's... Uh, it's yeah, it takes effort. Now, <clears throat> we've got Sammy born. Now, who's the next one? Lois. Lois was the last, and she is is quite close to Sam, 18 months there. And uh, uh, let's see, when, when I, I did have, I went out to the, I wasn't, how should I say this, I wasn't feeling the best. I was suffer. I really was noticing this pregnancy. So I went out to the to see the doctor in Madame, at Yogao. And I had, I was just so, collected so much fluid. I was, uh, well, I wasn't, I'm not at that stage, but it was, could have been, you know. And I had to develop a heart murmur, too. <laughs> uh, nothing, uh, well, he said, be careful about, you know, you know, up and down stairs and things like I, I had the steps and the back steps. I had to, if I went out to the laundry, I had to go there. I'd stand on the back veranda and, and tell the girls what to do. And, and I, I was, I, I don't know what month that was, but then uh, the kids are home for Christmas. And uh, uh, I was going to have to go out in March. So we, we asked Tom to stay home. Uh, it was kind of maybe expecting a lot, too. But we asked him to stay home so that he could help take care of Sammy when I was at the hospital because he was so good with Sammy. And we had gotten some books from school, and he was supposed to study at home. I don't know how much he did, I can't remember, but he wasn't, he didn't have any trouble in school, so we thought he'd be mm-hmm. all right. So I went out to, oh, and then just before Lois was born, that's when they enlarged our airstrip. We got a, a longer airstrip. I had a, a lot of men there. Department of Civil Aviation, DCA, took it over. Yeah. 
This is from Australia now. Yeah. So it isn't a, mi a missionary strip anymore. It's government. Okay. So then what happened? Well, they how how did they what did they they lengthened it and made a parking lot at the top, which it didn't have a nice parking lot. So we could have like we had three airplanes at one time on parked on the airport. Yeah, this is at Okawa. Yeah. Yeah. What a change. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. were, um, and you're talking 1959? 58. 58. There were uh, these three men. How long were they there? They used to leave. They didn't stay in our house. No, they stayed in, guest, in the guest room, but they ate, I cooked for them, and they ate. They were the ones that enlarged the airstrip. Yeah. Did they, they come in with equipment then? Not much. Shovels and stuff. But they <laughs> got a neighbor <laughs> We never had a, a, a tractor working on our airport, did we? No, I think so. Okay. But they lengthened it, and, and then bigger, bigger planes landed after that. And after, uh, after they were done. Shortly after that, I went out to the hospital, and Lois was born. Oh, not more than uh, not more than nine or ten days. I wasn't there very long at all, and I was. I think maybe I was. I, I I'm sure the doctor induced labor because I was really heavy. And uh, oh, you didn't bring any of the kids with you this time. No, I went alone. And uh, she was over nine pounds too, so I, and uh, she was a normal, a normal bird, and uh, nicely. Oh, did you decide on her? Well, that too. The kids remember that when they were home for Christmas holidays. Then we had, had a conference. We were going to have a new baby, so we had to decide on a name, and. Uh, Mary had, uh, there was, uh, she had this, this Lois idea. She wanted her to be Lois. A good friend of hers had a little sister named Lois. Two good friends of hers had little sisters named Lois, so that was. And then the Claire. Uh, yes, Claire. Oh, yeah, she, uh, her God, uh, when she was, I wanted to, yeah. Her godmother was a, a deaconess from the hospital where I had my nurses training, and her name was Clara. That's how she got that name. Yeah, and, and Sister Clara she was, and Clara. And so that's where she got the name. I thought, if it were now, I would have said Clara. But in, in those days, you know, we were. That was kind of old-fashioned. C l a i r e. C l a r e. So, Lo <laughs> Lois's godmother was a deaconess at which hospital now? Where, where she trained way back. She knew her when she was in training. So did you write to her and yeah. ask her to be godmother? Oh, and yes. then you did it by absentia. Uh, Thank you very and much. We did it by absentia. Actually, that was kind of interesting, too, because uh, the lady that did hold her 
was a deaconess too, but not, not oh. the right one. <laughs> and her the, the godmother's name was Clara Fremming. Fremming or Fremming? Fremming. F R E M M I N G. I think we've got her in the other part of the book, don't we? No, she's Nancy. Not, she's not no? been okay. in there yet. All right. And uh, it was, uh, she did see, no, Lois never did see her. She was killed in a car accident then before we got back on furlough again. Oh. So Lois never, but she used to write to Lois and. Uh, okay, so now we have all the kids born and it's 1958. And we've got the airstrip enlarged. What's the next big thing that happened? Well, then we went to... Uh, Is that when you took the long furlough? No. We took, oh, went to Wow when she was just um, two months old. Yeah. She was baptized at Wow. Oh. We mentioned so we, that. I guess we mentioned it, but we didn't have it in the she was baptized there at Wow. Why was she baptized at Wow? Because we were there and the kids were there. The no, we were there because we wanted the children to be with at present at her baptism. That was okay. So you took your vacation where the children were at school. Yeah. Uh huh. I got it. Yeah. And brought the baby with so they could see Lois, mm -hmm. and yeah. then you had her baptized there at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That's Sorry, now it's off into the That's why we, we, we didn't always go in the same month because yeah. we had these heads, the children, you see. Okay. <coughs> well, uh, the next, I suppose, would be uh, the, the, well, the, the first. The ship put in there, we moved into this new house. It's way back in fifty. Before we went on our first furlough, that's when the, oh. the new house was finished. It was a building for quite a, or collecting the building material for a few years, and then finally. And, and there's a picture in the book of that now, the new house. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we lived in the bush house for five years. The bush house was 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 was, was pretty comfortable, yeah, was, really. Though <laughs> we finally got board floors in the whole house, the whole house. So you moved in the new house before you went on first furlough. Mm -hmm. yeah. I and think it was right at Christmas time, fifty-two. And when we Christmas when 52. we moved in before we moved in, we let anybody that. Uh, well, we should say here, it was not customary that we invited everybody in right. our house. If, if the teachers or the pastor or someone like that, we might invite them in. And nobody ever just walked in our house, ever, I don't think. But when we were, they had worked so much on this house, so many of them, they'd sawn all that lumber, you know, and, and really worked on it. Sadly to say, many of those that were sawing men have died. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we let them come in and walk. Like an open house. Open yeah. house. We didn't serve tea and biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> but we just let them go. See. It was funny, too, you know, because these, um, the boys that had worked in the kitchen, they were like, watch. Guides. Yeah, oh. they were like, watch now. 
don't touch this, you know, don't touch that. And <laughs> we didn't watch them. We just let them look it over, the whole thing. And they could tell them where was the, the kitchen. And Sleeping room. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so let's go back to 1959 now. You've got all of the seven children. And you're settled back into the new house, the permanent house at Onkali. Yeah. But I think the important thing is, is Mary goes off to St. Peter's. Oh, yeah. Don't you think that yeah. would? Or do you want to? Me to? Do you want us to tell about Christmases at Onkali? Would that be? Well, let's take a little bit of Christmas at Onkali. Now we're it's twelve o'clock. Are you getting tired out? I'm not falling over. Amy? What a, what a, no, I'm not. What, what, about, what about you? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's you that I'm worried about. Because it seems to me we've got some steam built up here mm -hmm. and we're rolling real fast. Yeah. I don't want to lose the yeah, well, momentum. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I made a note of that. I thought uh, Christmases. Christmases. Let's talk about that. One thing, we have sort of a, a standing joke in the family that uh, whenever we get a put up they went on Christmas Eve day, usually, out to the mountain to cut a Christmas tree. And then we'd put it up and decorate it, and we'd always exclaim, that's the nicest tree we've <laughs> ever had. Oh, yeah, that they've got some in our family. <laughs> of pit pit and, and uh, pour wax. We put, put a string in it, a, a wick, a wick. Yeah. Uh -huh. and then we'd pour wax into the pit pit and uh, they, it would make a real nicely shaped candle. And then I had some of those clip candle holders from home, those old fashioned things. And so we had lights on our tree and, and uh, the kids would take uh, Christmas cards and cut out and we had some ornaments. I, I don't really remember. I think they were all... Well, one year, one family sent uh, Christmas tree ornaments for Christmas cards, and that was nice. If they were paper Christmas cards, which you could hang them on the tree. And they made uh, paper uh, chains and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, then... Uh, they, uh, uh, it was a custom that we had a, a Christmas Eve service, and, and I, I just think we have to explain about that. It was beautiful. Uh, do you want to tell it? <laughs> or shall I? Right. Uh, they, uh, the first year, they didn't do these things, but after we were established, they'd have a dramatiz dramatization. The kids would? No, the, the village. We lived right with teachers and schoolboys and pastors and and they took care of the Christmas program and uh, they would have a, a, a drama the, the life the birth of Jesus or the donkey carrying Mary or one time they had a head that one guy put under his arm for a donkey's head and then they walked along. <laughs> they had good ideas and then when we looked over uh, 
know if this was a, we would all gather in the church and they had the church decorated so lavishly with the flowers and branches pine branches and flowers and then and we had a supply of candles finally and and uh, and then the people would come and they carried uh, they brought their torches uh, with them and uh, they kept put them under their seats now the torches consist of kerosene no no piece of wood it was wood they were wooden they were don't you think they were pit pit too well but then some were just a piece of firewood that would be um, black there's a little heat in it and then when the service is over then they blow it and light it up and some would have probably uh, grass or leaves. So they and came and they to walked. church with it lit? Yeah, uh, it would be, no, it would be just burning. Just dusk when they came. Okay. But then when they went, then it would be really dark. And as and, they left, what? Then they would walk off with their lighted torches. And we were uh, on a slope, you know, and we could see many villages. and. All, all through the valley, you could see these processions. Beautiful. Interesting. Oh, nice. a, a wonderful sight to see. I never, never will forget it. We'd say, oh, they're, they're going home from Igadi, from church at Igadi. Yeah. Or they're at Sua. Or <laughs> and, Beautiful. And then we would, then we would go home. We would, the first year I didn't, or second even, I didn't catch on to this. But after that, I would plan to have something like, mostly I made chili soup. And we'd have, have, have chili soup and fresh buns. And then a dessert that... Uh, that evening. That evening. So we'd get through quickly because the Christmas Eve service started early. Then we'd go over to church. And after church was finished, we'd come home. And then we always had a Christmas Eve service in English. We would sing Christmas carols and Roland would read the Christmas story and and uh, it was it was always an English service. <laughs> and you know how how kids are sitting looking at the presents we had. Yeah, <laughs> right. And were they wrapped? Yeah. Oh yes, we we never we were always careful with the gift wrap. We never tore open presents.